Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Thursday to you guys out there. Um, Hope that you are having a magnificent day. Hope that this has been treating you well and treating you kind um, and all those great things. And so we hope that uh, tonight you're going to be enjoying our broadcast. And if you didn't know, uh, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. So big shouts out to uh, Vibration Radio for always holding us down over here on on the beautiful butterfly show and of course tonight ladies and gentlemen we got another new guest um you guys know how much we love new guests over here on the show and so tonight we're going to delve into you guys we're going to talk about beauty marketing and branding you guys and so tonight we're going to be joined um by professional makeup artist herself you guys tiffany tia williams she's going to be joining us she is uh the ceo of tia torre artistry and so tonight she's going to come on and we're going to talk about um how she got started she's going to talk about the importance of branding um all of those great things that so many of you guys have interest in and so tonight she's going to share that with you guys and so if you're out there maybe you have a question or a comment feel free to call in at any time uh the number is 347-326-9139 is the number or as many of you guys like to do you can hit me up on facebook um at bianca fly um in my inbox and uh send your questions or comments i'll be happy to ask our guests uh those questions live here on the air tonight you guys and so we're not going to delay any further uh we're going to take a little break but we're going to come back and we're going to welcome our special guest of the evening you guys tiffany tia right here on the beautiful butterfly show There is a musical revolution coming. A mixture of jazz, soul, and funk. Topped off with the lyrical precision of the spoken one, Mr. Arrestus Aday. When Carlos 
lyrical soul. The album Existence will be everywhere January 20th, 2018. And welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Radio Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And as promised, you guys, we're welcoming our special guest, Tiffany Tia Williams, you guys, of Tia Torre Artistry, you guys. And so we're not going to delay any longer. We're going to bring our special guest in here. Tiffany, you there? I'm here. Hello, everyone. Welcome. How are you doing? I am excellent. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited to... uh, speak and share with your listeners today. Absolutely, absolutely. My pleasure. And of course, for the folks out there, this may be their first time uh, being introduced to you, learning about you, all those great things. So tell us um, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yes. So I am a professional makeup artist and I have been in the industry for over a decade. Um, Wow. I can't even believe it's been that long, but um, I primarily now cater lux- cater to luxury brides, um, yeah. but I started my career much like any other makeup artist, um, starting at a counter. So, wow. um, for me, yeah, for me, I actually went and got my undergrad in at the wonderful North Carolina State University because I thought <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion designer. Right. Um, right. So my degree is actually in fashion design, but. Um, just over the years, I realized that my heart wasn't as much in designing clothes as I thought it was going to be, but I've right. always had a passion for art, painting, right. sewing, drawing. And someone mentioned to me, um, they're like, hey, you should try makeup. And I'm like, I don't know, can you really make a living being a makeup artist? Because <laughs> right. the only makeup right. artist I knew, yeah, were the girls at the mall. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much money they make. Is that a viable career? And it right. wasn't until I um, spent some time doing research on professional artists who were in New York and LA and Miami until I really understood that this was a real career opportunity. It's something that has right. some longevity. Right, right, absolutely. And, and it's crazy how a lot of times, you know, we, we do go off to college and we pick up trades and, and we, we're majoring in different things, you know, from psychology, from sociology, from fashion designing. And then, you know, comes this new season in our life where we're able to explore different things. And so a lot of times people don't realize, you know, um, you know, reaching out and, and discovering different aspects that we have within ourselves. Like, you know, like for you, you were saying, you know, you went to school, you know, for fashion. However, you know, this is something that came to you and actually blossomed, you know, even greater than what you had ever expected. Um, and so for you throughout this process, uh, when was it that you actually decided, you know what, okay, I'm, I'm going to delve into makeup and I'm going to push myself even harder uh, than, than what you originally had started at? Yeah, you know what, for me, the turning point was 
as I was doing research, I realized that there was a lack of people of color in the mm-hmm. industry who were really getting the visibility. Um, right. And at that time, right. the only people I had as, you know, mentors from a distance were artists such as Sam Fine, who is notorious for um, Queen Latifah's makeup artist, and Vanessa Williams. Mm-hmm. And then there was Vanessa Myrick, who is amazing. And then, of course, right. Pat McGrath, who was actually like the top makeup artist right. in the world, regardless of color. Um, right. And I wanted to come into the industry um, and offer something a little bit different, especially demographically. You know, mm-hmm. individuals, they weren't hiring makeup artists to come to their homes. They weren't hiring right. makeup artists, um, you know, to go and, you know, be by their side for their wedding day. It was something that was reserved exclusively for the elite or celebrities. Right. Um, right. And, I, and I wanted to bring that into the homes of everyday people. And now, of course, with social media and, mm-hmm. you know, all the way in these reality, reality TV shows, people now feel like having a makeup artist in their cell phone mm. or on dial right. is um, right. a status symbol. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we see it, you know, we see it on the reality shows. We, If we go on Instagram, you know, you see those celebs and you see them, you know, sometimes they go to different states and they're looking for, you know, that makeup artist to come and, and, and beat their face and, and get them ready for the night. And so it's good to be able to be out there where people have access to you. And so, Tiffany, what are some of the things that you have learned by being, um, you know, in makeup and when it comes to discovering certain things about women in general um, that you might didn't know beforehand because a lot of times when people think about makeup people think okay you know they're trying to get pretty for this event but a lot of times when people get that initial makeover it actually helps other things you know self-esteem all of those things that that factor in that and so what are some of the things that you learned early on about how makeup has a way of you know changing actually changing people's lives and making them feel good about themselves um you hit the nail on the head so i always tell my clients that i'm not just your makeup artist i end up becoming their psychiatrist (laughs) um i become their best friend um, because honestly, as and as I share with them, it's such an intimate time to have right. your makeup done. A lot of right. people, you know, kind of take that for granted. And I think that's mm-hmm. also one of the things that sets me apart as an artist. But I'm in your face. I'm around your mouth. I'm around your eyes. You know, I'm touching places, you know, at some times that, you know, only your, you know, your significant other are going to see. So right. by inviting me right. into your space, people naturally become a little more comfortable with me and, um, the main reason why I even continue to do makeup is because of that transformation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, women mm-hmm. immediately sit in my chair and they begin to apologize. They're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I didn't wash my face. Oh, my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm oilier. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to apologize. That's, that's who you right. are. God made you that right. way. And right. as we go through the makeup application process, because I want to build everybody up who's in my chair. So mm-hmm. I make sure that I'm highlighting what their best features are. I'm telling them how they can highlight those features as well on a daily basis. And I'm telling you from the time they get in the chair, the shoulders are slumped and they're kind of laying back. But as soon as they (laughs) get the mirror, they get the duck lips and their foot and their hair. And, (laughs) you know, you see an instant, an instant transformation, you know, a 60 minute service, not only does it change them physically, but it shows them sometimes 
who they really are on the inside and how that beauty right. is radiating on the outside. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times people often stray away um, from makeup because people are, you know, they get that fear that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to look totally unlike myself. You know, I'm going to look like a complete different person. But for you um, and Mm -hmm. for those that follow you, they'll be able to see that you only, you know, you you only accentuate what they already have, you know, so you making those eyes pop and you making those cheekbones appear that they might not didn't know exist. And so that's why I Mm -hmm. love, you know, seeing the people that you work with, you know, from, from teenagers to moms to brides, um, because it's that just natural overall beauty. And so what makes you kind of stick with that versus, kind of what we see you know when we look at social media now Mm -hmm. this extra extra dramatic (laughs) dramatic look that that some folks are going with yeah I call that the uh the Instagram glam um (laughs) so so like and a lot of the concepts that you know YouTubers and beauty enthusiasts are talking about the concepts of like Mm -hmm. highlighting and contouring and strobing they're all concepts that makeup artists have been using forever Um, But because of social media, it's now becoming such a popular thing and it's now Mm -hmm. terms. And, um, but for me, the focus has always been on the quality of the individual skin because I want to leave every place I go and every person I touch better than when I first got to them. So, um, you know, for me, like I said, I really want to make sure that the skin looks flawless. I want to educate them on their skin. A lot of people don't even know what skin type or skin condition or, um, you know, some people have, conditions or concerns that they have and they don't even know how to begin to treat them. Now, obviously I'm not a dermatologist, but um, I'm able to make recommendations on over-the-counter products. And sometimes it is simple, like, Hey, you need to go see a dermatologist. Um, But I think most of the clients that I serve, which are more professional women, which are more luxury clients, they actually want to look like themselves. They want a look that is going to enhance and accentuate their natural beauty versus change their whole bone structure. Right. Right. And what do you think about that, uh, Tiffany, as far as people changing? Because, you know, I've watched the YouTube tutorials and I've watched, you know, people on just social media in general have this whole, you know, face full of makeup. And when they take that off, you're looking at like almost a totally different person, you know, underneath all of that. And so do you, you know, do you find issue with that or do you believe that, you know, people need to, it's okay to to do that every now and then, but you also need to be able to kind of, you know, embrace your natural self. Yeah, I mean, I believe it's like any art. Makeup is definitely an art form. Um, You know, Van Gogh didn't tell Picasso how to paint his paintings. So I try not to tell people what they can and can't do with Mm -hmm. their face. Um, But as you look look and think about like timeless beauty, what right. we see today, you're going to look back at photos a decade from now and say, oh, that was the 2010 <laughs> right. versus looking at a photograph and just say, this is beautiful. You know, right. she's beautiful or he's beautiful or whatever the situation right. might be. So I try to focus on things that are timeless and that resonate mm-hmm. regardless of what decade we're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
which is so true because a lot of times, even if we go back to the 70s um, and, and go-go time period, we, we saw where the, the women um, had the very uh, enhanced eyes with a lot of um, eyeshadow, makeup, right. a dramatic eye look. And now we see that now that's like the most popular trend, you know, that, that we're seeing mm-hmm. now is people creating that dramatic eye, um, you know, and the eyelashes and, and all of those things. Yeah, that's true. Much like fashion, makeup also is cyclical. So each decade comes back, people pick up different references from each decade to create their own style. Um, We see it every day. Like I said, the concept of like strobing was something that was done, you know, two, three decades ago, but we now see it back. Um, So the the themes and makeup artists are going to forever continue to come back and forth. Um, But again, a lot of it is personal preference and then lifestyle of the individual. Um, Because of course, if you work in an office versus, you know, a tattoo artist, you have a little more creative freedom. Um, So I try to take those things into account whenever my client is in my chair is what's the reason they're coming to me? What's their lifestyle? You know, where are they going? So I can create a look that is uh, cohesive to that situation. Absolutely. And we, um, one of our questions that we have from a listener, um, Alexis from Atlanta, uh, she says, I've been striving to Alexis. be a um, makeup artist, she said, but oftentimes I feel discouraged because it seems to be something that everybody is doing now. Um, how do I get more confident in my craft and not, not allow others to stray me from getting out here? Yes. So hi, Alexis. That is the question that even some mature artists ask. Right. Um, Because much like hair or barbering or whatever, there's a makeup artist on every corner. And what I would advise you to do to really set yourself apart is to enhance your skill and to enhance your education. So Mm -hmm. if we remember back in like the early 2000s, everybody was a personal trainer, whether they had right. been to school or not. <laughs> if they ever had picked right. up a weight, they were, um, you know, a personal trainer. And we see right. that now today where mm-hmm. everybody goes on, anybody who goes to YouTube and can buy a set of brushes and a couple palettes, it's like, oh, I'm a yep. makeup artist. But right. it's so much more than that. Right. Um, I, I definitely say get you a mentor. Um, of course, I'm always open. I do some personal coaching as well, but you need a mentor. You really need to understand the foundations of makeup. Um, right. And then also enhance your skills. Over the years, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars to really refine my knowledge, my mm-hmm. professionalism, my kit, and my artistry. Right. Because if any of those are lacking, you will become very stagnant in a market that's oversaturated. So I would say, you know, get your girlfriends over, What use what you have today. So if you have, you know, a $10 palette and a $5 foundation and that's all you have, girl, do as many faces as you can to get the practice, post those, and then as you elevate, your kit will elevate also. Your knowledge will elevate. You have to continually be a student of your art. Even now where I think I'm doing okay, I'm constantly right. looking for new opportunities to grow and um, to expand my reach. Right. So don't be discouraged. Right. If it's in your heart to be an artist, again, you can do it. Think of how many painters and sculptors there have been out here, and we know them all. 
because their art was so different and it was authentic to who they were as a person. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and speaking of, you know, gaining the knowledge of what you do, I know um, recently, um, I believe uh, it was um, probably maybe two years ago, I saw where the, you had went um, and you did, where you were able to collaborate with some big major makeup artists, like some who even did Rihanna's makeup um, and, and all of those gestures. And so you were able to meet you know, different artists from, from over the world. And so with that, being somebody who's coming into this industry, what is it like to meet those artists who have worked with those celebs, you know, and those big namers um, that we see in social media? Yeah. So, oh, funny story. So the first time I went, so as I told you guys, I've always followed Sam Fine. Sam is amazing, by the way. Um, so I've always followed Sam. So the first time I had an opportunity to meet him, I'm like, I don't care what happens. I'm going to go see Sam. He was doing, um, a demonstration and a class with Rennie Vasquez. Um, so I went and I'm looking around. It's all the top YouTube bloggers. It's other professional makeup artists from all over the place. And in that moment, I remember I felt so insecure I'm literally like sitting in the audience shaking and then he called on me for something and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like he's really talking to me. Um, <laughs> you know, what is this? And so, so after the class, I literally waited till like 400 people <laughs> went to meet him. And um, my boyfriend had, we were in Atlanta and my boyfriend was with me. He's like, girl, if you don't get up there and go say something to that man. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And then literally something was like, go up there. So I waited till everybody left the room. I was like one of two people left. And I went up and I just remember being like, hey, Sam, um, I'm like, I'm a makeup artist. And he's like, okay, we're in makeup artist class. <laughs> and um, but just telling him like how passionate I was. And, and then I remember saying, he's like, well, what's your name? Because I had him sign um, a DVD. And I'm like, Tiffany. And I was like, but you should remember that because you're going to see me again. I have no wow. idea where that, ca- that confidence came from. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. But something in me said that statement. And Three yeah. months later, I actually trained with him again, one-on-one, wow. in person in, uh, in New York. And since then, wow. I've trained with him maybe two or three more times. So it's uh-huh. funny. So the, the event that you're talking about, um, I went to Portland to train with 12 yeah. of the top makeup artists in the world. Yeah. And so yeah. it was really cool to be in a room full of maybe another 500 people. And so I stood up and I waved and he's like, Hey, Tiffany, how are you? And they're all looking like, (laughs) he knows her. He knows her. (laughs) So, um, but that, that was really cool. Like I had the opportunity to train under Rihanna's makeup artist. I had the opportunity to train under Gwen Stefani's and I'm a huge Gwen Stefani fan. So I totally fangirl for um, his name, Gregory (laughs) Arlt. He is amazing. So, um, but it was good to be in that space. And in that moment, I did not feel insecure. They made yeah. me feel so comfortable. They told me I was credible. They let me right. know that I deserve to be there. I deserve to even be higher than where I am. So right. I would say, especially in this community where it can be kind of cutthroat, you have to position yourself to be with the people who can create opportunities for you. Right. Or if you're right. trying to kick a door down, they might know somebody that maybe just get that door cracked to give you that Absolutely. little opportunity. And I and I can definitely say by placing myself around these people and these individuals who are definitely at the, the top of their game, the top of this makeup artistry, that it's created tons of opportunities for me that I probably otherwise wouldn't have had. 
Absolutely. And, and in this, you know, a lot of times um, people um, talk about um, the importance of us investing in ourselves. You know, if there's something that we want to do, we have to invest in ourselves to learn our craft even more diligently. And so for you, how have you learned, you know, the importance of making sure that you invest in yourself? I know earlier in the show, you mentioned spending, you know, tens of thousands of, of dollars, you know, you know, getting um, that information. And so a lot of times you have people who they sit back, you know, we, we, we hear them like, man, I really would like go to art school. I really would like to, you know, go to business school, whatever it is. But oftentimes people are hesitant about investing themselves, you know, because the money discourages them. And so what have you learned about the importance of investing um, in your craft? Yeah, I think that we all have that reluctancy because it's mm-hmm. um, it's very unsure. You're not sure right. if you're going to get the, the return on your investment. Um, and me too. The first investment that I ever made into training um, with my mentor was $3,000. And at the time, it was like, oh, my gosh, how and where <laughs> am I going to get this money from? But something was like, if you don't take a chance on yourself, nobody else is going to take a chance on you. But I also knew that because I made an investment that was a stretch for me at that time that I was going to do whatever it took to be successful out of that program and out of working with that mentor. And ultimately, I made, you know, my initial investment back within 30 days, easy, hands down. And so just from being able to see that, I'm like, oh. And so, of course, as I get, you know, more knowledge, my investments get bigger into my training. But as a rule of thumb for myself, I've set pretty much whatever I desire to make in a year, 10% of that I invest into education. So for instance, if someone wants to make, you know, $100,000, become a six-figure, whatever, you have to invest a minimum of $10,000 into your education, artistry, kit, whatever it might be to get to that level because it always is going to pay off. But for me now, I'm constantly being a student. And, And it's not even always that you have to pay. A lot of people don't realize that there's tons of free webinars that are, you know, all over the Internet. There's day classes that you can go to that are smaller investments, but you have to diligently seek educational opportunities for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I want to do is um, I want to take a little break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk to people um, about the importance of branding, how you go about um, branding um, and exposing your brand um, to the masses. And so we're going to come back, you guys, and Tiffany's going to tell you guys all about how she um, branded herself and how she gets her brand out there. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, y'all, it's Coach Michelle Jackson. And when I'm not busy coaching, motivating, or writing, I listen to Bianca Fly on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. The 
beautiful butterfly show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash the beautiful butterfly show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network. Hey everyone, it's me, Lisa, from the Conversations with Trent show, featuring, you guessed it, me. Be sure to tune in Friday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, as we strive to guide you to greater authentic living, right here on your radio network, YRN 1328. Welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly, and this evening, you guys, we are talking beauty, marketing, and branding uh, with Tiffany Williams, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And so tonight, folks, uh, if you have some questions or comments on uh, makeup, branding, marketing, all those great things, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. And before we get into branding, uh, Tiffany, um, Donna from Ohio. Uh, she says, um, she says, I have a lot of skin issues. Uh, she says, so a lot of time I'm hesitant about allowing makeup artists to work on my face. How can I assure that the makeup artist is using the best brushes that are sanitized and the best makeup that's healthy for my face? Hi, Donna. Um, that is a great question. And one of the things that I am a stickler for, if you book a makeup artist and he or she opens their kit and it's covered in powder or things aren't clean and uh, are, excuse me, are not organized, run. <laughs> Honestly, um, but, but again, that's one of the reasons why, I'm, why I say that you really need to Find a makeup artist that's a true professional. YouTube doesn't teach you proper sanitation. They don't teach yeah. you how to minimize the spread right. of pathogens and communicable diseases. So mm-hmm. someone who's actually been through some training will have some education on those things. Um, but I would say ask those questions. 
typically if you want to book a makeup artist, um, a lot of artists, which I um, disagree with, just give their rates out via email. Right. I want to have a conversation with every person that sits in my chair. Um, mm-hmm. But also you as a consumer, you have to, you know, take a little bit of responsibility for the individual. Um, but I, as for a consultation, ask those questions like, what's your regimen for cleaning your brushes? What products mm-hmm. do you use? Um, right. Have you ever had an outbreak as a result of your product? <laughs> um, right. Because I know for me as a makeup artist, because I never know who's going to sit in my chair, I invest right. in um, a lot of disposables, so I don't have to use things multiple times mm-hmm. to minimize the right. risk. Um, but then I also use professional products that are both hypogenic or hypoallergenic, excuse me, and non-comedogenic, which means that it's not going to clog your pores or um, exacerbate any skin conditions that you may have. Um, but I right. say definitely do your research and, and be comfortable asking those questions to any artist. The same mm-hmm. questions you'd ask a hairstylist, like, have you done right. this before? What products right. are you going to use? You know, right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and I'm a stickler for, for me, um, reviews. So I'm looking up, you know, what kind of reviews, you know, individual has, you know, if I'm going to a, a photographer, I'm looking up their reviews, I'm looking up their portfolio, um, just to see, you know, if I fit within that. And so a lot of times we have to remember to do our research on individuals because it's easy, you know, especially on social media where you see people who, okay, I'm, I'm running a makeup special, you know, twenty five, thirty five dollars you know, and, and people yes. are quick to, okay, let me go get my face done. Or, you know, then people are running to, you know, what's popular at the time. And then everybody kind of comes out that mm-hmm. chair looking the same. <laughs> that's exactly. No, that's I no, will, difference, <laughs> no, I will be the first person to say that <laughs> makeup artistry is truly one of the situations where you get what you pay for. Yeah. Because yeah. It, right. makes no, right. it makes no business or logical sense for an artist who has invested into their craft, into Mm -hmm. their kit, and, you know, Mm -hmm. just the time investment that it takes that will do a full face of professional-grade makeup for under $75. It's impossible because you can go to the mall and the girls there who – some cases the, the ladies at the artist or at the counters are true artists and sometimes right. they're not they're just salespeople who happen to work at a counter so you never right. really know what you're going to get but if you are if it's an event that's special to you and you know you're going to be photographed and you really want um the longevity you need to hire a professional makeup artist and definitely do your research and reviews are a great way to start absolutely absolutely and, and speaking of branding um Tia Torre Artistry. Tell us about how did that name come about? What did you come up with the concept uh, for your business? Yes. So for me, I always think big picture. And I wanted a brand that could be international. And as I thought of all the luxury brands um, that were household names, it was like Ralph Lauren, Donna Karen, Michael Kors. Um, So I knew it had to be something that was two names. And, you know, my birth name is Tiffany, and that, that's kind of taken, so I couldn't use that. Um, <laughs> but my, my middle name uh, actually has Tori in it, and, okay. um, or excuse me, has Tia, has Tia in it. Gosh, I don't even know my name, but has <laughs> Tia in it. And then my mother's middle name has Tori in it. So I put okay. the two together because it's, ca- it's catchy, it means something right. to me, and I knew that by it meaning more to me, I would always protect it. So right. that's how Tia Tori Artistry was born. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and speaking of that and the branding process, how did you go about branding uh, Teotori artistry and branding yourself? Because a lot of times, you know, people get out here and it's easy to get lost, especially, you know, when the industry is flooded with, with a lot of people doing what you do. How did you specifically say, okay, this is how I'm going to brand myself and my company? Yes. I mean, so for me, it started very granular, just becoming an actual entity. So going mm-hmm. to the secretary of the state, making sure that I had protection from my name, buying mm-hmm. all of my domains. So that way no yeah. one could um, infringe upon my copyright. Um, right. And anything that from an intellectual property standpoint, making sure that I protected that. So, of course, there are some costs and investments that are associated with that by working with uh, legal counsel and, you know, things of that nature. But it's better to be legit than to not, because if you build a brand and it becomes something big and you've never protected it, somebody can come and snatch that away from you quite easily, actually. Um, So I I definitely made sure to get, you know, all my T's and my T's cost and my I's dotted from that. But as it related to branding Tia Tori, I knew that it wasn't just about the brand. It was about me. People come to me because of not only my artistry, but my energy, who I am as a person. And so I, of course, you have to participate in social media because that's just the way um, individuals purchase today. So I made sure that the images that I was showing were relevant to what people wanted to see. I showed a little bit about who I am as a person because I don't sell a product. I sell a service. So you have That's to make right. sure that whomever you're buying that service from, you kind of vibe with. Like you want them, you want people to get a feel for who you are as a person so they feel comfortable investing into your business. Right. Um, so I utilize your traditional, you know, Instagram, Facebook, but I'm also very big in um, user groups donating my time, being in my local community, Mm -hmm. um, volunteering. Um, I do believe in being charitable. So I spend a lot of time giving back. And through that, because people see the quality of the work, um, you know, I've been able to build something. And and at this point of my career, it's a lot about, um, like, word of mouth. I get a lot of referrals. But initially, when the phone wasn't ringing, (laughs) and, you know, and, and no one was hitting the contact us button, it was a lot of footwork. And so for people as they're getting started, I say you have to really sit down and define who your target customer is. Like a lot of people say, well, anybody who has a face is my customer. Well, that's not true because people have different budgets. People have different lifestyles. And so once you sort of craft who that ideal target customer is, you have to go where they go. So for instance, For me, once I decided that I wanted to work with a more um, elite clientele, I started showing up at events they were at. I was completely nervous. I felt out of place, but I knew that I had to be where they were. So I would attend galas. I would go to the high-end department stores. Like, I'd be walking around Saks and Nordstrom's, you know, and and truly being authentic with people. I walk up, and I'm like, you know, your face is beautiful. You know, would you be a model for my makeup artistry? Or, hey, who does your face? And if they say I do, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm a makeup artist. Let's have some dialogue. Um, yeah. But then also I, I bring in other artists in the community. You know, mm-hmm. I treat them to lunch or, or dinner or whatever. And I'm like, hey, let's have some dialogue. How can I right. help you? Because people right. aren't going to want to 
help you until you help them, unfortunately. You know, the relationship has to be reciprocal. Um, So I just, again, to kind of summarize that, like, you have to go where your clients are. I find that being charitable always will bring business to you. And then don't be afraid to reach out to other individuals who do what you do, especially if they do something very well and you're interested in learning how they do that. Absolutely. And I love what you said about connecting with people in your community who do what you do and seeing, you know, what you guys can gain from each other, because it's so important because, which I'm sure you know, uh, we, we're we're in an industry and we're in a, a era where people are very competitive. And it's almost like if you're doing the same thing I'm doing, I, I feel like I can't socialize with you when that's quite the opposite, you know, because the thing about it is that you can actually um, build um, and actually get more, uh, you know, get more clientele and get more places by connecting with other people. Um, a lot of times people have that kind of competitive spirit, which is okay, you know, but not to get to the point where you're not willing to work with other people, you know, within your community um, and, and just embrace one another and push each other, you know, to the next level. Oh, absolutely. Because the success of my business, a lot of that is because of the other artists in my local community. And what I mean yeah. by that is for the most part, um, I exclusive, you know, for the most part, I support brides. As of late, the trend is to have 10, 12, 15, <laughs> Ladies in your bridal party, it is impossible for me to do that many individuals alone in a reasonable time frame. So I have no choice but to work with a team of other artists to fulfill that. So what I've done is, you know, gone out and built relationships with individuals who operate the way I do from a professional standpoint, who see Mm -hmm. visions the way I do or, or shares a similar vision as it relates to their customer service, their cleanliness, the kit that they have. Um, And then whenever we need each other, we've essentially created a referral network. So we either will hire each other, or if I'm unavailable, I know that one of my partners can take care of them. And it's been a many a times where I've sent my clients to another artist because I was Mm -hmm. unavailable, but I also knew that that artist was going to respect our relationship. And thankfully, I I haven't lost the client because, again, my clients come to me because they like who Tiffany is um, and vice versa. I've done makeup for those artists, and then they say, oh, how can I book? I'm like, no, go back to your original artist. Now, if there's, you know, something and they legitimately want to switch, then we talk about it amongst ourselves as artists um, because, like you said, this community is so cutthroat and just the beauty industry in general. And so what I'm trying to do in my local market is create it where – we all can be successful. We all can share in success because your art isn't my art. Your personality isn't my personality. Like we all can be successful, but the only way we're going to get there is if we help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. We got a question from uh, Joanna. Uh, Joanna from Philadelphia. She says, um, let's see here. okay. She said, is it okay um, to turn down gigs that you feel won't add value to what you're doing. She says a lot of people feel that whenever you're called upon as a makeup artist to be at an event or to do makeup with someone that you have to go every time. But do you feel that it's okay to actually turn down some opportunities that you're not interested in? So I think the answer to that really depends on where you are in your career. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so what will happen at times if people understand that you're an artist, they come to you and they use this beautiful word, exposure. <laughs> there is right. a difference in exposure and exploitation. And a lot of people will exploit your talent to get something for them and never give you anything in return. So what I say is be very conscious of, again, like I said, a reciprocal relationship, being very conscious of what Mm -hmm. you're getting out of the deal. So even for me, even now where I am, I will still take an unpaid gig if I'm going to get photographed or if my name is going to be in a magazine or if, it's something mm-hmm. that is going to further the brand of Teatory Artistry. Um, but where I am, I try not to say no to too many things unless it right. is um, a direct contradiction to my brand and the direction that I want to go. Um, you know, if it's something that I feel is going to help me grow from an artistry standpoint or from a branding standpoint, I will absolutely do it. Now, pricing um, – you know, that, that's a much more in-depth conversation, but I do believe that you should be compensated for the level of service you provide. Don't compromise on your pricing. Stick firm to it um, because just because it's a different person in your chair, your price doesn't vary. Um, but, again, you have to really weigh what the benefit is going to be um, because you'll get gigs. People say, hey, you want to do a fashion show or, hey, you want to come do my makeup for this magazine and um, I'll post and tell everybody on Instagram you did it. It's like, well, that doesn't really help me. <laughs> so those gigs, I would say, you know, it, yeah. it, it might be an opportunity to turn down. But, if, for instance, if you've right. just learned a new technique and somebody's like, hey, um, I want you to do my face, and you're like, you know what, I haven't practiced that in a couple of weeks. Sure. So, again, okay. just, okay. you know, assess the value of that opportunity. But absolutely say no if it doesn't make sense for you and your brand. Absolutely. And um, Tiffany, for those of you, for those individuals who are going into this industry, I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking about how sometimes we see where people, you know, are doing like running specials on makeup, the 25, 35 or whatever. And you talked about how if you're, you know, using product, investing hours on someone and then turn around and do a full fetch for that amount, you should be charging at least. So how do people go about um at, at the beginning stage, do you tend to, I don't want to say lowball yourself, but how, you know, what, what should that base price be when you're just starting versus when you kind of get up to the level where you are with luxury clients? So what I always tell my mentees is mm-hmm. don't start charging until you feel confident enough that you can charge. It's just that <laughs> simple. So yeah. if that, if that yeah. takes you, 10 faces or 100 faces, all of that practice is going to make you reputable because what you don't want to have happen is, let's say my normal face is $100 and I run a special for 50 What's the difference in what I'm going to do at $100 and $50? So I will never be able to get that client who paid me 50 to pay me my full rate. Because she's like, why would I pay you more? You've already done it for a lower rate, and you did an amazing job. So I tell people, a lot of people think that the way to get new clients or the way to maybe undercut some of the existing artists is to charge less. People who pay less traditionally give you more headaches. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and that's just the honest truth. If you really look at any, any industry, if you think about it, the people who 
um, are really out to look for a bargain. If you want to be a higher tier or a luxury provider, um, it's going to be more work than you're willing to give for the amount that you're going to receive in compensation. Um, so, I mean, I just say price yourself equitably. Look at what other artists are charging in your local market. If you're new, I, at a minimum, people should be charging at least what the ladies in the mall are charging. Because, again, I just shared with you guys, some of them aren't even makeup artists. They're just salespeople who happen to work at a makeup counter. So right. if you take a risk, and they're, typically the mall is anywhere from like 50 to 65 bucks, I believe it might be. Um, so at a minimum, you should be charging at least that because you have right. a kit. Nine times out of ten, you're going to someone, you're mobile. Um, you know, you've invested something into your craft. And so you need to be compensated for that. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And we do have a caller here, um, caller from area code 501, uh, last digits, 9882. Uh, state your name and where you're calling from. Caller, are you there? They might have us on hold. Can you hear me? Um, I'm sorry. I'll, oh, there you are. You Welcome. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is Carrie from the Bay Area. How are you? We are Hi, doing how great. are you? That's good. Okay, so my question is in regards to your clientele. It's kind of somewhat in line with the question that um, uh, Bianca read uh, previously from the person online. But um, for your clientele, do you have a specific type of clientele that you look for? And have you ever had to turn down a job because maybe uh, the clientele doesn't fit within your, your range of artistry? I'm thinking. I'm thinking in regards to like hair and like certain mm-hmm. uh, hairstylists have certain niches that they they stick to, where they do certain types of hair. So does do those right. rules and limitations apply in the makeup world as well? Um, they can, but they don't have to. So typically, the genres of makeup that you're going to find, you're going to have bridal artists, you're going to have special effects artists. You're going to have, like, those that primarily do, like, film. Um, And then there's some that just do, like, beauty work for, like, print or, you know, or TV even. So typically Mm -hmm. the artist kind of creates their own genre or determines which genre is the most applicable to what they enjoy. Like, for me, I would never do film because they have 18, 20-hour days and they're on set the entire time. That doesn't fit with my lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean – Honestly, I think the best way is just to become a little diverse. Like for me, I at this point, I'm comfortable mm. enough that I could do any makeup with the exception of special effects. Um, and I know that. Mm. So if I happen to get a client and they're asking for special effects, like, hey, can you make a fake burn or can you make, you know, a mask or whatever the case might be, I have other artists mm-hmm. in my network that I can refer that client to. Okay. And you mentioned consultation for, like, different type of skin uh, situations. So have you ever encountered a a customer or a client where, say, their skin situation may be an outbreak or something like that that you had to tell them, you know, the best thing for you right now is to heal your skin, not necessarily put makeup on it to cover it? And how do you you work that? How do you say that to the customer if you've encountered that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I've experienced people who have, you know, 
of course, massive outbreaks from like cystic acne. I've experienced people who mm-hmm. have severely uncontrollable oily skin. And the best way mm-hmm. to confront that, of course, is to use some tact because that individual knows the situation that they're facing. So there's already a level right. of insecurity right. there. Um, right. So being, mm-hmm. you know, very um, direct, but also being, you know, very conscious of the words that you choose um, not to offend mm-hmm. anyone. Um, but then also letting them know, like, hey, you might need to go see a dermatologist. And, you know, once that's corrected, I'd love to set up an appointment with you. Um, and I recently mm-hmm. had a bride who was in that situation. She suffered from excessively oily skin. And she mm-hmm. booked me about nine months in advance. And so the duration mm-hmm. of that time, I made sure that I learned everything I could about all oil control products. So on her big mm-hmm. day, I was able to come to her with the solution. Um, in addition to what her dermatologist was doing for her. Um, and it mm-hmm. literally changed her whole day. She raved and she's like, yeah. my skin has never been matte on the biggest day of my life. You, you know, mm-hmm. you fixed it. And I'm sure now she will forever refer me because of how I made her feel in that moment. And it was just me doing knowledge to understand more about her skin and her skin condition. That's awesome. And then one more question and then I'll, I will Stop asking questions. But yeah. what was your yeah. <laughs> what was your? Because I just the whole beauty concept I I love and appreciate. I'm all over natural hair and then makeup. I'm I'm interested in it, but I don't really wear it. But I love to see the effects of it in that inner glow that comes from someone when they feel like, yes, this is me and and you know all that. But for you, what was your what was your most inspirational or biggest or game-changing experience as far as with a client, like the the one experience that will always stick with you and will always be with you no matter where you go? Great question. Oh, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, huh, let me see. I think the one that was What really solidified it for me is I had a young lady, um, again, she was getting married, and we were doing her um, bridal preview, and she's gorgeous. Like, if you Mm -hmm. saw her walking on the street, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. And Mm -hmm. from the moment she got into my chair, she expressed, you know, she's like, oh, I've never felt pretty. And, you know, her her head's kind of turned. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what's your head up? You know, I need you to kind of work with me and you know she began to just share some things as our appointment went on and um Mm -hmm. by the end of it (laughs) you know we're crying and we're hugging and you know she's just shared some Mm. things but um at the end of the at the end of the whole session once her makeup was done she's like I finally feel beautiful and I lost Mm. it I'm like oh my gosh Mm. I'm like seriously and she's just like I've never felt so pretty in my life and she you know sent pictures um via text to her mom and her sisters and they were like oh my gosh you look amazing and that for me was enough to be like Mm -hmm. I forever want to do this because of course there's days Mm -hmm. when I'm up I'm you know I'm wherever my clients you know wherever they need me to be so some mornings that means I'm up at four o'clock in the morning because they got a you know a six o'clock appointment or you know I might have to drive four or five hours from here or whatever the case or in some cases I've actually flown places to go take care of clients so and Mm. it's all those sacrifices 
But I do it because of that moment when I hand a woman um, a mirror and she's like, oh, it's the huh. It's that mm-hmm. moment right there where she takes that breath mm-hmm. and I'm like, I've done it. And I live for that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's a, that's my addiction now. It's like if she doesn't say, oh, or she doesn't gasp or she doesn't smile and tear up, I'm like, uh-uh, we got to do something else because it's not there yet. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but that's what, that's what keeps me going. Absolutely, Definitely. absolutely love it. That was a great question. Thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, I'm going to continue to listen, but thank you for answering my question. <laughs> absolutely. Thank no you so problem. much, Carrie, for calling in. Of course. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, uh, Tiffany, when it comes to branding, uh, what have you found to be the best ways to brand? I know you said um, there is um, social media, but for those out here listening and those who are starting up, those who are, you know, really trying to make some moves, what is the overall best suggestions you can make for folks out here on the best way to market themselves and their business? Yeah, I would definitely, um, just thinking about social media, like you have to have a social presence um, because in today, if you don't have it, because of perception, people don't, people don't think that you're a reputable business. But I would right. say even take that a step further than just writing posts and, um, and posting pictures. Both Facebook and Instagram have marketing capabilities that allow you to create ads. You can um, specifically target a demographic of individuals that you can even narrow it down to like women who have purple hair that live in Arizona. You can make it very, very specific to reach your target market. Um, And the investments to do so don't have to be great. You can start with $5 a day and begin to um, just test out various marketing ads and mediums to see what your target customer is going to respond to. So that was definitely a game changer for me because I will create an ad specifically for one client and then I'll create a separate ad for a different client. And then I track the response level to know which ads are working the best. Um, Outside of social media, I would say, especially if you want to do something industry specific, like, film or bridal, there are other partner sites that you can absolutely work with, such as like for bridal anyway, you can work with like Wedding Wire or The Knot or some of the right. others that are out there. Um, you know, for film, there's, you know, various uh, agencies and things that you can definitely connect with that will help you promote your brand. Um, but I would say really find your niche market because then that will help you craft your marketing and your branding. But the biggest thing and the biggest piece of advice I would give is, again, in the service-based industry, you absolutely have to be authentic. Your brand, the items you post, what you say, who you are as a person, all of that has to be congruent. Because if it's not, then your followers or your potential customers are seeing a mismatch. And they're not really sure who you are. They're not really sure who the brand is. So Absolutely. I would say always remain authentic and congruent in your messaging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely love it. And so, uh, Tiffany, for you, at the end of the day, uh, what is your overall vision uh, for yourself 
um, as well as Tia Tori Artistry? Yes, that is a great question. Um, so for me, the things that outside of artistry that I really excel at is and are passionate about is education. So, you know, I'd love to do makeup forever, but the reality is, you know, as I continue to age, I'm not going to be able to stand in front of the chair forever. So I want right. to have something that um, becomes a legacy. You know, I'm already creating additional opportunities for artists by, uh, you know, employing them within my business. Mm-hmm. But for me, the next step is really in training other creatives on how to successfully run a business. Because you'll find, you can go to Google now, you'll find um, how to run a donut shop. There's tons of examples. You'll find how to open a shoe store or, you know, a car wash or whatever. There's, it's been done so many times that there's books and, you know, tons of information on it. But when it comes to creative, it's so ambiguous. It's very gray. No one has really right. given us the secrets on how right. to take your craft and make it something that is sustainable and that you can have a career with longevity. The average right. makeup artist fizzles out in about two to three years because it's grueling. It beats your body up. You lose creativity. There's tons of other things that can happen. But if you mm-hmm. have a business that is sustainable, um, you can do this forever. And, and by this, I don't necessarily just mean painting faces, but you can be in this industry. And so for me, all of the, the money I've invested and in, in time that I've spent studying um, entrepreneurship, how to be a creative, finance, all the various things that you're going to need to be successful, I will now want to be able to share that with other people and empower them to have successful businesses as well. So I'm actually in the process now of creating um, a coaching program for individuals who are either aspiring artists or may have been in their business for a couple years here or there and are stuck and don't know what the next step might be. So that's what's new for me, and that's really where I see the business going and becoming a household brand. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And it's always great to see someone who um, is passionate about what they do and love what they do. You know, we see a lot of people who end up in jobs in the corporate world, so to speak. And, and, and every day they're like, oh, I hate my job. I hate my job. So to mm-hmm. be able to get into something where every day is exciting because you're excited what you're going to learn, you're excited what you're going to do, and you're excited on what's in store for you. Um, it was, it's, is what means the most to us and it makes us more passionate about what we do and makes us more proud of what we do and so um, for the folks out here uh, Tiffany tell, tell them how they can go about uh, connecting with you as far as my, I know uh, the wedding season uh, is upon us and so we got a lot of people who got engaged over the holidays and so they may be looking for um, a makeup artist so tell them how they can connect with you for um, makeup and, and bridal sessions all those good things Absolutely. So I, I like to keep it very simple for you guys. Um, you can find me at www.tiatori.com, and that's T-I-A-T-O-R-I. On Instagram, it's tiatori underscore artistry, and then it's the same on Facebook. You can just search tiatori. Um, I am the only one, and you'll be able to find me. Or you can do a simple Google search and put in Tia Tori, and then all of my contact pages, social pages, everything you're going to need, you can find right in Google. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, once again, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on here and joining me this evening and sharing your craft um, and your vision with others. You know, I, I believe that we all we all get ahead. We all get ahead by sowing seeds uh, into others. You know, we don't always have to keep the things that we've learned and developed with to ourselves, but sharing those and encouraging other people out there um, to to live their dream and to push. Um, even harder in life uh, is the greatest thing that we can do. So I definitely want to thank you for coming on here and, and sharing with us tonight um, about all the different aspects. Uh, and I'm glad that people able, were able to listen to different aspects when it comes to being a makeup artist, because there's a lot of different entities that people aren't aware of. So I'm glad that you were able to share that with the listeners tonight. And so you got any uh, final thoughts or words you want to share with the listeners out here? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to thank you again for the opportunity. This has been amazing. Um, you know, I am passionate about it, so I could talk about this all day. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, want to leave your listeners with just, if there is something that you are passionate about, there is something that you feel you are called to do or gifted to do, go for it. Do not let yeah. fear um, block you from living your best life or fulfilling your dreams. Fear is Absolutely. always going to be there, but we have to do it anyway. And, you know, Absolutely. one of the, the quotes that I live by is sometimes done is better than perfection because we will procrastinate on doing something, um, but there's no better time than to live your best life than today. So don't let fear stop you. Go ahead and live your dreams. I love that. I love that. Absolutely, you guys. Make sure you guys go and check out Tia Tori Artistry, you guys, and I will be putting um, the website and uh, the Facebook page information, all those great things on the Beautiful Butterfly Show page on Facebook as well, um, so that you guys can connect with her and all of those great things. And so, once again, uh, thank you so much for coming on here, and we look forward to having you back on here uh, again real soon. We would definitely love to have you, and uh, we definitely wish you much great success um, in 2018 thank you, thank and we're looking forward to what's in store for you and so we hope you have a great rest of your evening and we'll be talking with you again soon awesome thank you all have a beautiful you, evening you too bye bye that was Tiffany Tia, you guys, of Tia Tori Artistry. Make sure you guys go and connect with her on Facebook um, and connect with her. And I'm going to send out um, her uh, website information so you guys can connect with her. I know we have a lot of bra- uh, brides who are connected with the show. And uh, so if you are in the North Carolina Triad area, make sure you connect with her. Um, and she may even be willing to travel uh, for the right price if you're in a different state. So definitely connect with her and all of those great things. And so uh, we thank her for coming on here, sharing with us. We thank you callers uh, for calling in to those of you who sent your questions uh, via Facebook. We appreciate you guys so much, so much, so much, so much. And uh, we're looking forward Two great things that are to come uh, from Tia Tori Artistry, you guys. And so uh, we are going to get ready to get out of here and uh, make sure you guys join us next week. Um, Next Tuesday, we're going to have some more fabulous guests for you guys right here. Um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So we're going to get out of here with The Way. This is by uh, recording artist S. Navi, you guys. Uh, make sure you go and check her out on Twitter at um, S. Navi, or you can go to her website, www.snavi.com. And so I am Bianca Fly. You guys have a great evening.
Hey, 